Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Today, we are joined by Jonathan Lear and Shannon Bishop. We're here to talk about an exciting new program that Johns Hopkins and MGMA have partnered on. It's a physician business training course. First, I just want to hear a little bit from each of you. Uh, let's start with you, Jonathan. I know we've had you on the show before, but if you don't mind just giving us a just brief background of who you are, where you are right now, that sort of thing. Sure, and I appreciate the time, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me on again. Um, so my name is Jonathan Lear. I am uh, currently the division administrator of uh, two divisions here at Johns Hopkins. Uh, uh, since the last time we talked, I got a promotion and uh, was able to, to take on another division, which I'm excited about. So I'm the division administrator of geriatric medicine and gerontology and the division of hematology here at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. All right. Now, Shannon, same thing for you. And you are new to our podcast. So we just wanted to get to know a little bit more about you. What Give us a little bit about your background and, and what you're working on right now. Sure. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Um, I'm really excited to join Jonathan on this podcast. I um, have been with the Johns Hopkins Department of Medicine for about 17 years. Um, my current role is academic administrator for the Department of Medicine at Johns Hopkins within the School of Medicine. Uh, my role currently encompasses managing faculty recruitment and compensation, uh, managing the sponsored educational and research components of our mission. Um, so I'm really excited to try and expand an endeavor on this in the MGMA course that we recorded. Awesome. Well, we are really excited about this course. I'm going to give everybody a direct link to it right now. And then we're going to have this in the episode show notes, but you can go to physicianbusinesstraining.com to learn more about the program and sign up. Um, I think we're all really excited about this program. So without further ado, um, Jonathan, I'll start with you. Just tell us about the origins about this. I know that you were kind of on the ground floor of this program and then anything else that, uh, Shannon wants to add as well. Sure, uh, and, and uh, you know, appreciate the the softball question there to start off with. Um, so, really, the origins of this came from real world experience, and and me being, uh, you know, a new and, and burgeoning healthcare administrator or hospital administrator, um, and getting my first job, and uh, you know, talking with physicians and talking with leaders within physician practice management organizations, and saying. Well, you know, how about we do this and this? And, you know, what about if we were to increase our work review expectations? What if we were to, you know, look at our, um, you know, contractual adjustments? And I would be using these words that came second nature to me. Um, and they would look at me like I, you know, had three heads growing out of my, uh, you know, eyeballs here. So um, I, I think it was um, a, a very quick realization that physicians in their didactic medical education don't actually get any business training, which I think is criminal, to be honest with you. I think that, that um, you know, if you're going to tell someone um, how to, uh, you know, be in, a, in any environment of employment, right, whether it's um, you're working for Amazon and you're in the warehouse, you know, picking items every day, or you're, you know, at the very top levels of, you know, being in maybe a law office or even in a uh, a medical practice, 
understanding how the business operates is important because you are part of that machinery. And so I think it creates this really uh, tense exchange between physician leaders and administrators because they view us as the obstructionists and we conversely view them as the obstructionists because each other is not talking the same language. And so, um, you know, this really came out of me as a, a young professional trying to say, there's got to be a better way. There's got to, there's, we've got to be able to do something. And so for years, you know, I tried to do this at my own organizations, um, you know, within orientation documents for new physicians, but that is one small little, you know, dot compared to the larger landscape. And so when I spoke about this openly at the leaders conference in Boston uh, two years ago, um, I was approached by MGMA leaders and said, you know, let's really kind of flesh this idea out. Let's really, you know, talk about how we could really expand on this. And I guess, uh, as they say, the rest is history. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how we started. I love that. So Shannon, when did you uh, get started in this program? What's your role been there as well? No, I was super excited to be involved because I think Jonathan and I got started talking about it in the context of faculty recruitment season. And uh, as a um, division administrator at that time, I had a number of fellows who actually came to me and were asking me for help with negotiating their contracts in external environments or internal environments. Um, because And some of the components, those same components that Jonathan was mentioning, they weren't familiar with that, right? Like, what was an RVU benchmark? What was the AAMC benchmark or MGMA benchmark for their uh, salary? So I think there were there were components of those things that I realized they hadn't been educated on and I was willing to help them. So when Jonathan approached me with the idea, I said, I want in, I want to be able to make a more meaningful difference outside of just the divisions that I was working in at the time. And so I um, joined him and MGMA on trying to craft a course that would functionally help uh, the next generation of providers also, you know, negotiate in the next steps of their career. Yeah. Shannon, let's stay with you then. We've been talking about the origins of the program and the need for it. Well, let's talk about the nine modules themselves. Tell us about the course. If we've got people listening who may be physicians or they're administrators who see the need for the physicians they work with, what could you tell us about those modules? What would they learn in there? Sure. So we thought it was first important to kind of outline um, the healthcare landscape with an overview of practice models and business entities. And that really kind of goes over everything from private practice, private practice to academic medical centers. Um, and even, you know, I think the doc who wants to hang his own shingle. So we really um, have tried to kind of explore that. So that way, all of the um, new residents and fellows who are negotiating contracts understand the landscape in which they would really like to practice from a values perspective. Then we kind of moved on to insurance and coding and documentation. So really those um, foundational things that folks need to know as they're starting a new career or starting a, a restarting their career in a different place, what are those fundamental principles that they would need to know in each of those areas? Um, and like I mentioned before, uh, another subsection of, of our program is understanding physician compensation. Like how do you negotiate those? What are the benchmarks that are available to help you to do so? Um, and this course does include a proprietary kind of starting salary data. Um, so that way they, you know, the the person who is purchasing this course does have that information to be able to understand where they fall in, in the different schemas. 
Um, I think we go over credentialing, practice performance and profitability. So understanding both from a private practice perspective, but also how someone can be impactful to making an organizational, uh, uh, making an organization financially solvent, I think is important just from a, the perspective of people are hired in different landscapes. Um, and then we end that with personal finance for the physician, just as I think we realized that in the course of trying to help everyone, not only was there a business need, but there was a personal financial need to understand how this new contract or how this new job or role may impact their personal finance. Um, so we did include that too. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel, if I could just jump in for two seconds, mm -hmm. I think that last one is so pivotally important that we included. And, and to be honest with you, you know, Shannon and I sat in the room as we were designing this with MGMA leadership, and we kind of waffled back and forth on whether we should or we shouldn't, right? Like, we don't want to be talking down to anyone, right? But I think after having such a singular focused goal of I'm going to become a doctor, I'm going to become a doctor, I'm going to become a doctor. I mean, you're talking four years bachelor's, four years med school, residency, fellowship. I mean, you know, and those, of course, do vacillate in terms of, of time structure. I mean, you could be in your mid-30s by the time you, you kind of get out of your training, so to speak, and this is really your first, um, you know, job contract you've ever seen, and you've been scrimping and saving for so long, and all of a sudden, you know, hopefully you get the, you know, the big giant number, and, and there is that tendency to really, you know, fight that, you know, potential strain that you've been feeling for the last 15 years, and, and go out and, you know, become, um, you know, th this this individual who's, you know, spending money all over the place. I, I think that there is um, discipline that is needed in those areas. And unfortunately, Shannon and I have been part of conversations where we've seen individuals who weren't in that place. And really, you know, having that, that, that business education um, in terms of personal finance, um, I think it's vitally important and, and something that, you know, again, we're, we're not trying to talk down to, but I, I think it's just, it, it's just part of it, right? It's just part of, of, of getting this coursework to really be all encompassing on those things that weren't taught because, you know, you're, you've been focused on anatomy and physiology and organic chem, not on the other side. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, Jonathan, ask you about something that Shannon brought up, and that was about this proprietary starting salary report. Is there anything you could just elaborate on that, just so our listeners might go, what the heck is that? <laughs> sure, yeah. And so if anyone, you know, listening out there is an MGMA member, you'll, you'll probably know this uh, better than most, you know. The, so we have uh, MGMA, and, and as a member of MGMA for many years, and someone who has utilized the tools, there, there's um, uh, multiple tools out there in terms of benchmarking anything from um, practice performance and profitability, but also in salary. And so the one that we really wanted to highlight, and I think is possibly the, the best value for your money, um, other than the seven hours of CME that you're going to get as well, is that whatever subspecialty either you're already in or you want to go in, you will be getting an, a, a current MGMA uh, compensation report that shows in, in a multitude of, of factorials where most individuals are in terms of compensation. 
And it runs all the way from what type of organization you're a part of, whether that's private practice, part of a health system, um, academic, independently owned, even breaks it down to what area of the country you're, that you're in, right? Because the East Coast pays very differently than the West Coast and, of course, you know, Midwest, South, so on and so forth. So, I mean, th this is a really good place so that you don't get, and I'm going to use a term here, and uh, um, uh, unfortunately, I have, uh, you know, been an administrator for a long time. I, I have, I have been on the other side of the table, so that you don't get fleeced, right? You don't get um, um, made to be pressured into signing a contract where you haven't been getting the best bang for your buck, because if that compensation report shows that, and I'm making up a number here, that you're going to be a family medicine. Uh, physician in the south half of the United States, and your starting salary on average at the 50th percentile is 200,000, right? Making that number up, and you get an offer for 130,000, and you go, "Oh my gosh, I've been paid as a fellow um, and as a resident before that, and I and, and I've never seen a six-digit number. I've always seen mm -hmm. a two-digit or a uh, five-digit number, right? Um, or what can feel like a two-digit number, I guess, in terms of your hourly, uh, you know, rate. I think there's some uh, comic or something out there about how often residents work and what they get paid. And it's like, you know, right. $2 an hour or something ridiculous. Um, then, you know, you can jump to that and you can go, oh, yes, please. But I think knowing where your cohorts are in terms of that level is helpful in negotiation with those individuals that are seeking to hire you. Okay. In the remaining time, let's touch on a couple of other key aspects of this course. One of them is how can individuals or organi organizations access and purchase this course? Are there prerequisites? Are there requirements for enrollment? Anything like that? Shannon, let's start with you there. And then if Jonathan wants to fill us in some more, uh, he can do so. Sure, we tried to make accessing this course really, really easy. So um, there's a website, www.mgma.com, online courses, what docs don't get taught. And if you Google MGMA, what docs don't get taught comes up first line. Um, so that website has the course available for purchase. There are no prerequisites or any um, you know, foundational education that's required. Okay, um, following up with that then, how is the class structured then in the sense of, did, is it self-paced? Does it follow a specific schedule? Um, are there assessments of, and evaluations? Walk us through that part of it. We really did try to make it a self-paced course. So um, one can buy um, the seven, it's basically a seven hour course that's broken down into those nine modules that we described. Um, but that they can be taken at any time. It's not really on a on a time limit or schedule like some other MBA classes where you have to earn a certain number of credits within a certain amount of time. Um, so those can be self-paced. Um, we off also offer group licensure. So that way, if um, groups of residencies or other programs would like to purchase this, there is special pricing for that. And we also can um, accommodate that within a group form so that way everyone can kind of take the course at, at the same pace. So we've tried to think of multiple scenarios and try to make it um, uh, easily accessible and fit within those different scenarios depending on the need. Okay. In that remaining time, we have just a couple of minutes here. Jonathan, who is this course for? I see that 
Uh, it's definitely earmarked for some early careerists, but let, just give us an idea so our listeners have a better idea of who this is directed toward. Uh, it's a great question, Daniel. I, I think in the in the beginning, um, you know, our sites were really focused on early careerists, um, people that were in their residency programs and their fellowship programs. They were about to get kind of their first job out into the industry. But as we really started to develop it, and as we started to to really put some, you know, uh, meat on the course, um, it, it actually was interesting. We we started to to see that there is really a lot of comprehension that can be given towards individuals that are maybe mid careerists and going into some type of a leadership role uh, within their organization. So a, a common uh, thing that happens a lot, at least in, in our academic medicine uh, environment, but I know happens in private practice too from, from my background there, is that, you know, you've got a, a great physician who is, you know, wonderful and, and you know, very engaging and, and you know, is a, is a prolific member of committees and community organizations. And that individual is then asked to become, you know, some type of a leader in that organization, whether it's a medical director or whether it's some type of, um, you know, actual formalized leadership role. And then, you know, all of a sudden they start getting bombarded with income statements and, um, you know, recruitment strategies and, um, you know, understanding why their um, net collection rate is low. You know, all those words that I said out loud, if they went directly from being in their residency and fellowship directly into, into being a, a, you know, practicing physician, they still may not know what that means. They may have heard some of those words. And unfortunately, the game of telephone can be very deceiving, right? You can ask your friends about certain things and get probably eight different answers about one particular question. And so I think it is important for early careerists, definitely, but also I think, you know, individuals who are starting to take on that leadership role. And Shannon alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um you know, really the precipice for this was take this course, don't get the MBA. Um, mm -hmm. You know, doctors can go get MBAs. I'm not trying to say that that is not for uh, for physicians. Um, I just don't think it is necessary for every single one of them. And I think that there is definitely the chatter out there that if I need to know anything about business of medicine, I got to go get an MBA. And I'm here to tell you that is not true. Um, you know, that is probably the furthest thing from the truth, right? An MBA program is probably kill me for this, but, um, you know, a traditional MBA program is going to teach you generalized things about business, not specific healthcare business, right? And so that's where we really tried to boil it down to its syrup and really give it in an easily digestible format. And so, um, that, that's, that's really kind of where I feel as though the audience is. All right. Well, I know we are up against time, so I want to thank Jonathan Lear and Shannon Bishop of Johns Hopkins for partnering uh, with MGMA for this program, What Docs Don't Get Taught in Medical School, Physician Business Training. We will uh, put direct links to that in our episode show notes uh, if you have further interest on that. And thanks for being an MGMA podcast listener. <laughs>